Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, I'm Promise, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us, but before we get into the word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, just thank you for today. I just thank you for coming into our coming into our midst and just allowing us to soak inside of your presence. Lord, I also just thank you for giving your word to us and making words clear and that there's always more for us to learn. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. We're excited to have you with us as we continue discussing Jesus, the Christ, our Messiah, and his death, burial, and resurrection. We uh, we hope you've been blessed so far, and we hope you continue to be blessed. And if you are, we'd ask that you would like the episode, that you subscribe on this and any number of our platforms and you know, you share it with someone else so they too can grow and be blessed. Amen. 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 So we are almost at the part of discussing the last supper or where Christ institutes the last supper. There's a couple of key things to point out though. And actually could I get a volunteer to read Matthew 26 14 through 16 oh well, yes i will do that thank you honey honey you're welcome 14 through 16 yes okay then one of the 12 called judas iscariot went to the chief priests and said what are you willing to give me if i deliver him to you and they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver so from that time he sought opportunity to betray him mm-hmm <laughs> Yes. And, oh, I, I lost my place. Excuse me. It's okay. Could I get a volunteer to read Mark 10, uh, chapter, excuse me, chapter 14, 10 and 11? I will. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. So he sought how he might conveniently betray him. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we read in the beginning when we started this. Uh, back into uh, We talked about how each of these Gospels has a, a section where there's a plot to kill Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your Bible is probably labeled something to that effect. The word accounts where this happened. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it also talks about how uh, in a couple instances, Luke 22 especially, how the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes were afraid of the people. And Mark, I believe, is the one that discusses how they did not want to kill him before the feast or during the feast. That's right? correct, yes. But we see how the, the Lord's plan always prevails. Mm-hmm. 
Because Judas, so uh, just a little recap, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes had put out to the people, anyone that knew his whereabouts, come and tell them, report it to them, so they could do something about it, right? So they could kill Jesus. Although they didn't want to do it during the feast to create an uproar with the people, right? Yes. But again, the Lord's plan always always prevails. Mm -hmm. Because here you have... Judas Iscariot, who had already received money, clearly had gone to them in order to betray him, and now was just looking for an opportune time. Uh, Charles, I believe it's you who brought up about Jesus being tested in the wilderness. Yes. And the enemy looking for a more opportune time. Yes. Right? So, to have a similarity there, right? But now... Let's go to Matthew. And can I get a volunteer to read? Is it Matthew? Well, Matthew 26, 17 through 19. Okay, I'll read that. You ready now? Yes, please. Okay. Now on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want me to keep going? No, actually... Um, can I get a volunteer to read Mark 14, verses 12 through 16, please? I will. <clears throat> now on the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and prepare that you may eat the Passover? And he sent out two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. Wherever he goes in, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. So his disciples went out and came into the city and found it just as he said to them, and they prepared the Passover. Mm -hmm. And now can I get... A volunteer to read Luke 22, 7 through 13. I will. Okay. Actually, excuse me, sir. Can you read 7 through 20, please? Yes. Thank you. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must, when the Passover must be killed. He sent Peter and John, saying, Go prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest, guest room that I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished upper room there make ready. 
So they went and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, This fervent desire I, I have desired to eat this... Wait, sorry. With fervent, with fervent desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after the sup after supper, saying, This is the this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, promise you read extra. Uh, you also read about the institution of the Lord's Supper, right? Mm-hmm. And you can yes. find that also in Mark 14, uh, beginning in verse 22 through 26, and in Matthew 26, beginning in verse 26 through 30, right? But I wanted to to cover both, right? Because th- there's a couple important things, right? One is even in the initial preparations, right? The instructions given for preparation for the Passover meal, right? Yes. Do we see that there are subtle differences between each account? Mm-hmm. Each one has a remembers a different aspect of the instruction given. But Jesus was speaking to the group, right? Yes. Now, for two of these versions, Luke and Mark, they weren't there. They are giving a recount from their time with Paul and Peter, who had tasked them to go and investigate and write down the events that took place. And Holy Spirit led them. Amen. Absolutely. And brought to their remembrance. Mm-hmm. Right? Not yes. discounting any of that. I just, for the listeners to understand. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew, uh, yes. Matthew and John were there. Now, we haven't covered John because John did not write about that initially. Right? Yes. The, the initial instructions. Right, but there are three three different accounts there, right? So, why is that important? And why does it matter to us? Because it's a reminder that we should focus on every exacting detail and word that the Lord says. It matters to us in our lives. We should not leave out anything. There is great weight, importance, significance. Our God is a God of details. Everything he says has so uh, contains so much that if we miss anything, we will miss what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you not see this pattern here throughout? Just 
talking about Christ's death, burial, and resurrection? Mm-hmm. Yes. And how they, they'd heard the scripture, they'd heard the word the whole time, but they misunderstood. And then, clearly, like I said, these things were written at different times. And two of these accounts, they weren't there, but they, I'll say, investigated the matter out, right? Searched it out and wrote based off of all the input they received from the people who were there, right? Yes. So it matters to us. We have to hold this word with the entirety of our being. Don't let a little bit be forgotten or slipped aside, right? Yes. Because Christ said every jot and tittle mattered Mm -hmm. and would be fulfilled. So let's ensure that we don't miss anything. Amen? Amen. 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 And that that's a, a matter of not a, that we're perfect in our own flesh or mm. it's our own natural ability, but it's that we pursue Christ and let him take care of the details, that we give him our heart and our full effort and we trust him and we let him do what he needs to do. We, we let him be God in our lives. God can do anything with a willing heart and a heart that is um, loyal or faithful 100% engaged towards him. He can do anything with that, that person and that life. Amen. Amen. So at this time, I want to open up the floor and give the opportunity for everyone to, to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to them. And, and of course, to ask any questions that you have. Um, I wanted to look back at, um, kind of touch back when we were talking about um, Judas and Prepper, you know, he was preparing to betray Jesus and looking for an opportunity. And you see two things happening here. Yes, the enemy has his, you know, his plot and things like that and that he was working. But the the scripture makes very clear, had he known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Had the adversary and the, the minions and all of the demons and all that had fully known what was happening, they would have not even touched Jesus even though he said to them multiple times, he declared it for all of creation to hear and understand that when he was lifted up, he would draw all men to himself. If he, when he died, it would open the door for anyone who would believe on God to come in innumerable and countless brethren to be reaped from the harvest, uh, from the seed that was sown of his life. So he said that many times, but sometimes when we're looking at our life um, as, as humans and we, we're thinking of the journey that God has us on, we, we tend to shy away from adversity. We don't want to hear hard things or endure hard things. <laughs> Dean's over here laughing. <laughs> well, it's true. You know, even, even when the Lord was talking, uh, we were reading in John, and he was talking about um, all that information that even Jesus asked to have the cup removed. Right. He was, he was I getting, mean, no, we avoid it. We avoid right. hardship. Yeah. And that's a part of our, God gave us that to help preserve us mm-hmm. to when, when fire or something's hot, we withdraw so that we survive. God gave us a natural sense of the five senses to help us truly to not die in the earth. Because if we didn't have that sensation to say, this is hot, don't touch it. How many people would just be, 
in fire and not know or jump off a cliff and not know, you know, so God gives us that. And we have to, um, people, that's why people that do things to themselves that they should not have to subdue their natural senses, take medications and things like that in order to carry it out because their body naturally fights against it. If you try to hold your breath and indefinitely to die, your body will knock you out, put you unconscious and take over breathing for you because it goes dum dum. Why are you doing this? It's just like that. Now, the fall might be a different story when you lose consciousness, but your body will literally knock you out so it can take over and breathe. God gave us that. However, all things have to be subjugated to the will of God in us. We have to do that. That's our responsibility. And we see Jesus doing that, Lord. um, You know, saying, Lord, my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. So Jesus... You know, we're looking at John chapter 12 um, in the previous podcast, and he had to subdue that, but to remain in the will of the Father. But Romans chapter 8, you know, because we want to go away from hardship and adversity. And as we, we look at our trust, that the sense or the perception that it'll be difficult when we would want to flee and run away, we also have to come back to know this truth. Um, Romans chapter 8. Sorry, I took my, my bookmark out. It is a scripture that we, we have probably famously heard quoted um, in our, our life as a believer, if you've, if you've been in Christ for any length of time. Um, verses 27 and 28, it says, Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So in Christ, we see, of course, he was called according to the the purpose and the plan of the father. Right. And God is working his purpose. He's not concerned about the adversary stopping or getting in his way or because he knows his counsel will stand. And for us, as we align ourselves and take our place in Christ to know this. God's plan is the one when we cooperate with him, when we bring ourselves into alignment No devil in hell can stop us from doing what God wants. And if we change our perspective to see the truth and the reality that if God is for us, who can be against us, we will not be afraid. We'll take courage Mm -hmm. and be strengthened in our inner man to do what's needed from us, what God is requiring from us to persevere. You notice Jesus didn't get distracted by the fact that Judas was betraying him. He didn't get emotional about it. He didn't get in an uproar. He acknowledged it, but it didn't dissuade him. It didn't take him one second off of what God called him to do. And for most of us, that would have been too much. We would have been like, Judas, I'm going to tell you. Or we would have been on Facebook talking, (laughs) making a YouTube live video about it or whatever, or just crying in a ball because someone had dared to betray us. And, you know, Jesus could have been like, Judas, you breathing my breath. You dipping your bread in my cup. (laughs) He could have found all these reasons to be offended, but he did not. He put it aside. He put it exactly and gave it the attention that it deserved. Whatever father God had him speak on it. And then he kept his eye on the target. He could pursue to do what God told him to do, which is, son, this is a part of humanity. You're going to have to subdue this. You're going to have to believe. You're going to have to persevere. And you're going to have to finish the walk that I set before you. It was a challenge. Mm -hmm. But Jesus 
did it, not in his own strength, but in the strength that the Father provided. We have that available to us today. Amen. So whatever God is calling us to, let us look unto the joy that's set before us. Take his stance. The Messiah's stance in his perspective. Don't pay attention to the shame that seems like it's there. Oh, my own, my own d- disciple is betraying me. And, you know, all the reasons that we could have think of in our natural mind to disqualify us from finishing what God said to do. Put that aside. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, and pursue him. Persevere. Keep moving. Keep moving because God is with you. Mm-hmm. Layla, you had something? Yes, just very quickly. Um, something that the Lord just told me about the, the Passover unleavened bread. Um, back in Exodus 12, this is verses uh, 26 and 27. And it shall be when your children say to you, What do you mean by this service? That you shall say, It is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. And it, on the spiritual sense, the way that the Lord phrased it when Jesus was instituting the Passover, the unleavened bread, that was signifying him passing over us, the next generation, those that would be redeemed, and he was bringing us out of the hand of the enemy. Because up until the point that Jesus died, uh, essentially Satan ruled the world. He had the authority because Adam turned it over when he sinned, and now Jesus is getting it back, and now we're being redeemed, and we're being brought out of um, the camps of the enemy and out of the chains and bondage that we were put under because of the sin nature and now we have life in christ which is what the children of israel experienced they came out laden with the gold and we've discussed that in other um in previous lessons when we were going over the furnishings of the tabernacle and how they got it and it's just a reminder the lord just reminded me that he was bringing me out of the land of egypt and that's that's what he did there that's what we were celebrating the life that we have in him because we were once dead and now that he's been raised from the dead now we're raised from the dead as well as long as we accept him and we walk with him Mm -hmm. and to that my love keep in mind that egypt was in their minds so even though he brought them out they could not perceive that they were free and enjoy that freedom because it was still inside them in their mind and in their heart so as the lord is declaring to you that he's brought you out Perceive it through your entire being. The entirety of you should understand the thoughts that I had before don't belong here. The thoughts that the world has have no place here. The lust and desires of the flesh in the world and the enemy have no place here. They don't belong because I'm free. I'm free in my spirit. I'm free in my soul and I'm free in my body. And continue to renew your mind to that fact and that truth. And don't look at what the world has with longing eyes. To go, well, maybe they've got something that I need. Maybe they've got a better idea. All that you need is in Christ Jesus. Just like all that they needed was in the Father. Christ Jesus as well, because he was there. Mm-hmm. He is God. Go ahead, promise. Oh, and the Lord's talking to me about with Judas and when he betrayed Jesus, that he betrayed for 30 shekels of silver, and how the Lord brought together inside John where he said he pulled it from the money box, was the, the devil come and said, hey, why don't you steal? And Jesus said, yeah, that's good, a good idea. So that left room for the devil to come in and say, why don't you betray Jesus for 30, uh, 30 silver? Pieces of silver? Pieces of silver. 
But what about, could it have possibly been Judas said, I want a better life than what I've had. I'm dissatisfied walking around with Jesus. Yeah, I get popularity from it. I get to be known in the crowd, but things are starting to get hot out here. People are trying to kill us and this is not fun anymore. I think I want a better life. How am I going to do it? I need a little bit of money to help me with my new lifestyle. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life could have entered in. And that could have been Satan's opportunity versus saying, hey, don't you hate Jesus? Let's turn him over. It may not have been a direct um, assault specifically about the, um, the life of Jesus Christ, but it could have been a desire for something else that Judas had that provided an opportunity for the enemy to come in and that ultimately led him to portray Jesus. Why did I say that? Uh, I think you said I will speak. You said that it's because that the devil always comes with something it, you, it seems like you want. Um, temptation happens when there is a desire, right? Yes. You're not tempted with stuff that you have no desire for. But no, I said that because, I mean, and that's a good point. I'm not saying you're wrong. That's a, that's a good point. But the thing is, the, the word tells us to give no place to the enemy, right? Yes. And we've talked about this before. If the devil jumps out and says, hey, I'm the devil, you going to sin with me? Most of us would go, no, ah! And it would, it's so obvious. We would flee from that. So he's not always direct in saying, hey, when you eat this, you really are going to die. He's subtle, and he's crafty, and he looks for another way in. And did you have something you want to say, baby? Yes. I think now is the time to, to go in there, right? If you notice, you were talking about looks for another way in. But we have a choice. We always have the choice mm-hmm. of either to choose Christ or the devil in the way of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Or the lust of the flesh, eyes, and the pride of life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you notice in this podcast, when we were reading about how the Lord instituted the Last Supper and all the places that we mentioned it, right? We did not read about Jesus identifying his betrayer, right? Mm-hmm. There were things that happened first. Um, if I could get someone to quickly read John 13. Um, Thirteen what, baby? Uh, we're going to go from <laughs> verse 1 to... I'll say 13 uh, through 17. Okay, I'll read it. Please. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come and that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, 
but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who, who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You called me teacher and Lord, and you say well, for I am, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, did everybody notice what happened there? They got the Lord Jesus instituted the Last Supper, right? Yes. Then he got up from the table, girded his loins, and then washed his disciples' feet to make them clean, to purify them. Right? Yes. yes. But he knew not all of them were clean. The devil had already entered into Judas Iscariot, it says. Right? Yes. Okay. So, in other words, Judas would not receive what Christ was still doing for him in the moment. Right? Mm-hmm. And how yes. do we know that? Because if you go to Luke 22, um, can someone reverse 21 through 23? I will. All right, I promise. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table, and truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Okay, so, and and then, oh no, no, the next one, the next verse, sir. Oh, Verse 23. Then they began to question among themselves, which of them it was who, who would, which of them it was who would do this thing. Okay. So, after washing the disciples' feet, Jesus says he sits down again, right? Yes. And then he begins dipping the bread into the wine. Right? And points out his betrayer. That's in a number of scriptures throughout the Gospels, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And actually... It's the very next part to what we read in John 13, verses 18 through 30, right? Yes. So Judas refused to receive what the Lord was, had, had already done for him, and that matters. He had the opportunity to come back into alignment with the Lord, as we all do, mm. even in the moment he could have softened his heart exactly, and changed his course. But he had already chosen to do the thing. But then I also want to point this out. As I just said in Luke, 
the other disciples did not know who it was. On the outside, Judas was just like one of them. Clearly used to perform miracles and all the things if you read through the ministry of Jesus and how he sent out his disciples, mm-hmm. he was still used. He did. They didn't say everybody was doing this except Judas. They clearly didn't know that he was already pilfering from the money box. It comes up in scripture, but it clearly, as we just pointed out earlier in this, this episode, these things were identified later. Mm-hmm. They had misunderstood things. So sometimes it was decades had passed, 20, 30 years before they wrote their gospel. Right? Mm. And they were pondering these things, and the Holy Spirit was revealing these things that had happened. Mm-hmm. So they could come into an understanding. Mm-hmm. Right? But then, <coughs> me. I mean, just so many things. And we're going to talk about them here in the next yes. podcast. I, want, I just want to say this and close with this thought. Jesus didn't treat Judas any differently. Amen. Thank than you. Then he treated the other disciples. Keep that in your heart and your mind because the enemy would love to say, oh, well, no, that's his favorite over there. Well, this is a special person or he only does this for people who are righteous and holy. Jesus, knowing who he was and what he was going to do, treated him with all the love and compassion that he treated the other ones. There was no difference made. Amen. Amen. So with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord. We just thank you for the grace and mercy that you've given each and every one of us, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you continue to treat us all the same, Lord. And Lord, that we just thank you for giving us the opportunity to return to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.